Good morning to you. It's a Thursday. This week is flying. It's Thursday, February 2nd. Also, still does not compute. Remember those errors you used to get on the old Commodore 64s? That was our first computer when I was a kid, <laughs> Commodore 64. And it used to give you some error, does not compute, does not compute. Uh, we sometimes, okay, we, me, I sometimes have moments where you probably think that does not compute. And that's perfectly understandable. I'm not going to tell you what I accidentally called Brock Purdy earlier. Nope. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. On Twitter, Radio, And then also on our Facebook page. Uh, named after the show, Easy to Find Us. And uh, we'll try to cram as much as we can in to this final hour. The big news, obvi, is that Tom Brady has announced his retirement for good, for good, for good, for real. You could hear the emotion in his voice. And then, of course, the reaction uh, around the NFL for the second time. I got the sense that even as he was sharing his Twitter video early on Wednesday morning, that he was kind of hoping that people wouldn't go back and do the whole, hey, congratulations, tributes, my favorite memories, you're the best, da, 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 that he's almost embarrassed that he's doing it again. And so for that reason, he didn't want to create any fanfare, no special video uh, to reveal the news. Nah, it was <laughs> just going to be this this one-minute video. Uh, but within, I don't know, half hour of it being released, it already had more than 2 million views. And the last I checked here, this is kind of funny, uh, Jay and I are planning on doing some videos for Super Bowl week. We're going to call it our Super 6 series. I am confident that not one of them will approach 24.4 million views, which is where we are with Tom Brady. I would never say never. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll go viral. Uh, 24.4 million views, and it's not even been 24 hours. Well, then. Hope he doesn't mind that people see him crying. Probably not. Real men cry. So that video is out there. If you want to check it, I shared it on Twitter, but we're going to play it for you here in a second. So, yes, the reaction, Manning Brothers, uh, they have opposite reactions. They're just totally goofy. Robert Kraft, very emotional as he spoke about Tom Brady on Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Uh, and no doubt they will have a special ceremony, some, hey, welcome back to New England type of a deal when his, either his number was retired uh, in the stadium or he's inducted into the ring of honor, something along those lines. I know that there are some Patriots fans who are sour about him going somewhere else and winning a Super Bowl in Tampa. As it turns out, he wasn't planning to ditch Tampa and play for a third franchise in his career. According to Jeff Darlington, the ESPN NFL insider, it was always... Tampa or bust? Return to the Bucks or retire? He used this one word to describe Tom Brady after the 22 season. Exhausted. And he said it's not just about playing quarterback and going through what was an abnorm abnormally rough season, right? Because he hasn't experienced a whole lot of losing in his career. Wasn't just about the wear and tear, the emotional toll, that a tough season like that takes. It was obviously the challenges of his personal life and going through the pain of a divorce. So, so to hear that from 
an insider and recognize that there was so much more that Tom Brady was carrying. Once again, we see the human side of him that we really didn't see earlier in his career. I mean, we would see photos with his kids. We would see him uh, with his parents on the field after a big win. But you never heard those types of emotions from Tom Brady. As he became more into the the business and and branching out with, say, his podcast with Let's Go, he became more willing, I think a little more comfortable in his own skin, but more willing to give people a peek behind the curtain, which is why this video doesn't surprise me. He's not perfect. He's not all put together. This is not Tom Brady behind a microphone where he never says the wrong thing. No, this is raw, emotional Tom Brady. And if you believe what Jeff Darlington Jeff Darlington had to say, then you can understand and you can see it in his face. And that's why just the emotion of it, this to me feels a lot more permanent. I was with the majority of people last year who weren't so sure that the retirement was permanent. It felt awkward. It felt misplaced, if you will. And maybe it was about the family. Maybe it was about the problems that were happening in his marriage. Something else that strikes me is that we heard the number 100% Tom Brady plays next year. That's why I guess Jay's telling me never say never because the majority of people were wrong. NFL insiders, analysts, former players, even people around him seemed as though the vast majority were leaning toward him playing again. It really wasn't a big question. In fact, I think there are more people who are questioning if Aaron Rodgers would play again than if Tom Brady would play again. I'll miss him. I'll say that. I've certainly had my teams be on the wrong end of Tom Brady greatness. But just as I said with Peyton Manning, just as I said with Ben Roethlisberger, Although his career, kind of the last couple of years, were tough to watch. Peyton's too, although going out in a Super Bowl kind of changes everything. Uh, Drew Brees, absolutely. One of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. We're seeing the very tail end of this generation of greats that is going to feature at least a half dozen Hall of Famers. And yet, we're in good hands. The NFL is in good hands because Tom Brady not only raised the level of play for his teammates and forced opponents to raise their level of play or get left behind. He not only did it for the locker rooms and the teams that he was part of for 23 years, but he raised the standard for quarterbacks in the NFL. He is the gold standard, not just the greatest of all time to ever play that position, but the gold standard. You want to be great? Well, Tom Brady set a nearly unreachable bar. You're going to spend your entire career trying. But think about that same impact of, say, a Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods set a standard and raised the bar and then spawned an entire generation of young golfers who watched him and wanted to be just like him. Will we see any of this current generation of golfers be as great as Tiger? Uh, Remains to be seen. Maybe, maybe not. It's unlikely just because of, of what he did in his career. And same thing with Tom Brady. 
but we are going to have this young generation of QBs try their damnedest because that's what Tom Brady did. You play quarterback in the NFL, that's what you get compared to. If you're a great, if you show signs of brilliance, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, there have to be some in the NFC as well. <laughs> Why is it that we always revert to the AFC quarterbacks? <laughs> it just happens now, right? Give me an amazing NFC quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, also in the AFC. I need an amazing... Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. There we go. I mean, completely different style. But yes, if we're talking about winning, if we're talking about staying on top, we're talking about succeeding and being the best, no matter who you are, Tom Brady is the standard, and that's what you're compared to. There's got to be more great quarterbacks in the NFC. Matthew Stafford. I don't know if you want to call him great, but he's probably... well. He's he's above average. I mean, he's not a he's a better than average quarterback, and he now is a Super Bowl champion. Certainly, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I think it's pretty clear that when you're talking about Super Bowl wins, when you're talking about playoff victories or even playoff opportunities, he's not Tom Brady. And it's, it's not fair to necessarily compare their teams based just on the QBs because it is a team sport. Brady says that over and over and over again. But it, it, whether it's fair or not, that's the standard Aaron Rodgers gets held up to. Yeah, he's got a lot of MVPs. How many Super Bowl appearances have his Packers had? Right? So Brady has changed the position. Again, not necessarily because of how he plays, but because of his drive his fire, his commitment, his dedication to fitness. When was the last time Brady missed a game because of injury? He he had a a season in which he tore his ACL and he was out. But when was the last time he also missed the games when he was suspended? But for injury? Most quarterbacks fall off the map long before they get to 40. Right? This is extraordinary for him to be 45 years old. He didn't, well, he played the first half of week 18, and then <laughs> the Bucks coaches pulled him. That's it. They didn't want him to play at all, and he insisted in a game that didn't matter. But when was the last time he missed a game because of injury? That's another standard that Brady has set. His, I mean, it's maniacal, his commitment to fitness. Avocado toast and all. We've got lots of jokes about TB12. Jay still looking. Does uh, it go? Does it go back to the the ACL season? That season he missed fifteen games. Well, of course, yeah, he got injured in the first game. I think hasn't missed a game due to injury since. Oh my god, not one. That's insane. That's insane. It is insane, especially when you consider how brutal the injuries are for that position. So there's another way in which Brady has set an almost otherworldly standard, an impossible to meet standard. I mean, we we go through it kind of often during this season, a couple times off the air, and I've been on the air about how many teams used two, three quarterbacks. It was four. more than half, four. It was more than half the league, and Tom Brady hasn't missed a game due to injury in over a decade. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. So yes, you want to play quarterback in this league? Well, you're going to be held up against Brady. Just be ready. But I again, I will say it forces everyone to raise their level of play. He's changed the NFL. Uh, he and his Patriots, and then the Buccaneers. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Tom Brady in his own words. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So 
uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So, uh, really, thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. He's become much more human. We see this so often with older athletes. And, and he's had more time than most. Again, credit to Brady because he's made sure to stay relevant. He still was a top 10 quarterback this year. But it's so often with older athletes as they face the end, their own sports mortality, that they become kinder, gentler, I don't want to say softer, but more open, more vulnerable, more willing to reflect. They recognize that this is not forever and they don't take it for granted. And you can hear that with Brady. And again, we've heard that with him over his podcast. Uh, I think we're going to hear that type of Brady on his broadcast when he gets to his Fox booth. It happened with Kobe Bryant. Before the end of his career, he kind of shifted. And it wasn't so much about how many points he scored or how many wins the Lakers had. And, and obviously they had fallen on some pretty hard times at the end of his career. It was more about his legacy with other players. It was more about his legacy and what he could leave behind and how he could make the NBA a better road or a smoother road for the young players who came behind him. So he decided to be a mentor. I don't know if that's where Brady is, only that you can tell uh, over the past couple of years, he's been more willing to open up about not just everything that's perfect and wonderful and amazing in his life, because it certainly seemed like that from the outside, didn't it? No, he, he opened up about the challenges, sometimes with humor. I'm 45. I got a lot of bleep going on. But he, as I say, gave us a peek behind the curtain and let us know the real Tom or Tommy, as his dad always calls him, not just Tom Brady, the otherworldly quarterback. I'm 45. That's one of the, that's one of the lines we'll take away from this this last season of his NFL career. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on. <laughs> uh, truer words may never have been spoken. His father, Tom Brady Sr., who very often will speak up and has spoken up to defend his son or to maybe share his son's perspective without Tom having to come out and do it himself. He was a guest with Greg Papa, who's the voice of the Niners, and John Lund on KNBR, our Bay Area affiliate. This happened around midday on Wednesday, so not that long after his son had announced his retirement. I got several different reactions. One is I'm... Uh... I'm sad that uh, he's retiring from the standpoint that we've had so many wonderful memories and experiences during these last many, many years that uh, we're not going to have them quite the same way anymore. On the other hand, I'm really happy for him because he's leaving the game on his own terms. Uh, had a great year this year. I was third in the league in passing. Um, and they didn't uh, didn't get to the promised land, but uh, I'm I'm thrilled that he's um, walking out on his own terms. He definitely is doing that, and I, it's funny because I think a lot of people assume that the way the Bucks season ended, below 500, uh, losing in 
in that wild card game against the Dallas Cowboys, that that would not be the way he would go out. And yet there are others that said he has nothing to prove, which is duh. I mean, my goodness. But that he's so competitive, he wouldn't allow himself to leave on that note. And yet his dad tells KNBR, this is actually perfect timing. You know, he's still healthy and gets time to spend with his kids. And, and um, he's had just a wonderful career. And we couldn't be happier from that standpoint. So it's uh, it'll take a little bit of time, of course, to get over this. And uh, from our own standpoint, we're now going to have a lot more time to go out and have have uh, we've had fun, but uh, have different interests that uh, for the last 30 years of our life, when he was in high school, college, five years of college, 23 years as a pro, our falls season every year, a lot of the winter season has been devoted to football and uh, that will no longer be the case but it's been a wonderful ride. Once again, on KNBR, and that is Greg Papa, John Lund, and Tom Brady Sr. So this is a few hours after his son announced his retirement. A a listener actually alerted me to that, a listener in the Bay Area. So I appreciate him. I'll make sure I uh, respond to him on Twitter. I don't have Instagram. I know Jay does. Maybe you saw this. It wasn't long after Brady's retirement that he used Instagram to post a series of photos, and these are personal photos. Once again, this other side of Brady that we very rarely got to see, especially in his years in New England, where Bill Belichick wanted to keep everything close to the vest, um, but also he was much more focused and lasered in on football and that maniacal approach. But as he was sharing, he put this video on Instagram in which there are, it's essentially a photo array, dozens of photos uh, with all the people who are closest to him, from his kids to his ex-wife to Bridget Monahan, who is the the mother of his oldest son, to teammates, to his parents. It's really incredible. I happen to page through the photos because I came across it actually on people.com. They picked it up. And once again, I was reminded he's different now at the end. And he's not just this robot quarterback, um, but a very likable human once he allowed people to get to know him a little bit and vulnerable, not perfect. He'll be the first one to tell you a lot of times again, in joking manner, uh, you know, that it's um, that tablet is never going to work again. It's, you know, Tom Brady two tablet zero. Um, But he, he's got a heart and he's got a physical body and a mind that are exhausted and that are hurting. And I'm glad he's taking the time away for him and, it does seem like the perfect time, even though he didn't go out on the highest of high notes. So congratulations to Tom Brady, but also, thank goodness, we got to see him play, right? There shouldn't be a football fan out there, even the ones who lost the most painful Super Bowls to his teams. There should not be a true football fan out there who does not say, holy crap, I got to witness the best of the best play for 23 years or whatever part of his career he saw. I'm so glad I didn't miss it. So glad. I, I will miss him moving forward. It's going to be strange, right? 23 years of Tom Brady on a football field. Now it's just the broadcast booth. 
So I guess like the Mannings, he's not actually going away, but certainly it'll be different not to see him on the football field. So that leaves Aaron Rodgers, right? Of this generation of quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford's, what did we say, 33? So he's a little bit younger. Matt Ryan. So I guess it would leave Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers, though Rodgers is a surefire Hall of Famer like Brady, Roethlisberger, the Mannings. Um, I think that Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. He's borderline. Um, but yeah, this this group is gone. They're out except for Aaron Rodgers. That's That's pretty much it. We're asking you your favorite and least favorite Tom Brady Super Bowl or or playoff memories on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. One more snap, would you have guessed when this impossible season was trying to launch that you'd get it all in you'd get to tampa and when the super bowl ended the ball would be in the hands of tom brady i don't know why we ever think it won't it's gotten almost not realistic in anything that we've ever thought this guy just changes the mold of the way we think and continues and there's spagnola telling him I have no answers for you tonight, is what he's saying. <laughs> right here, here's Brady saying, hey, keep in touch, he says. Here's looking at you, kid. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. 23 seasons for Tom Brady. You probably don't need the numbers because for many football fans, they're ingrained on your brain, insane in the membrane. Seven-time Super Bowl champion, 10 Super Bowl appearances. Think about that. 10 Super Bowl appearances in 23 years. You take out the year that he was rehabbing the torn ACL. So 21 or 22 healthy seasons and 10 Super Bowl appearances. I mean, that's just obscene, really. So, (laughs) well, life is not fair, except for if you're Tom Brady, Uh, seven time Super Bowl champ, five time Super Bowl MVP, three time league MVP. And we were kind of smushing the numbers together earlier because the NFL breaks them up by regular season and playoffs. Um, But just for the big picture perspective. When you combine his passing yards, which of course are first all time for both the regular season and the postseason, uh, you're talking about 102,600 yards, roughly. Oh my gosh. And then think about the touchdowns, and this is just passing touchdowns, about 740 of them. And of course, there are touchdowns on the ground too, but these are passing TDs. I once heard him say something about being more proud of his 1,000 rushing yards in his career. <laughs> you know, the man with cinder blocks for feet. And yet he told us that his mom always thought he was the fastest guy on the field. We heard from his dad. How about Robert Kraft, who was very much like a father figure to Tom Brady in New England? Tommy's announcement today, it just made me pause and think how lucky we were and are at the New England Patriots to be part of something that's been in existence for over 100 years. And whether it's 50,000 or 100,000 players who have played the game, we have had the number one player in the history of the game. 
crazy to, to digest that thought. But yes, that's why I say, regardless of whether or not you are thrilled to see Tom Brady ride off into the sunset and you hope you never have to see a highlight again. Well, I mean, I got news for you. Um, but even if you are thrilled, you think he's you think he's been the worst thing that ever happened to your football team. At some point, I hope that you recognize we were privileged to see this guy play. I'm so glad I saw him play. Bob Kraft also recounts the story of his very first conversation with Brady. The great memories that I have at this moment with Tommy, I was thinking on the field and off the field, where there are six great ones on the field. When he met me and told me he was the best decision this organization has (laughs) ever made, I really felt he was right. Well. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but apparently Tom Brady knew it even then. Though he wasn't starting right away. It took a Drew Bledsoe injury for Tom Brady to get on the field, and then that was the last time uh, that he was ever not the number one option. Actually, that's not true. I guess before he tore the ACL, he had the injury. Shoot, now I can't. The, the memories are fuzzy. We're going back 20, 20 years ago. Um, but he had an injury where Bledsoe had to come back on the field in in some game. I don't remember if it was a playoff game or not, but um, there was a moment where Bledsoe was back for a little while. Um, but Tom Brady definitely played like he had something to prove and proved it uh, to Bob Kraft. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What would be a Brady retirement without the Mannings? Just nothing but respect for Tom. Uh his career, uh, his longevity, his consistency, uh, always just admired his cerebral approach to the game. Uh, every season he tried to be better than the season before, and that's just a great model for any young quarterback. Uh, he actually texted me uh, yesterday, inviting me to be on his podcast next week. Uh, I told him I'd do it as long as he asked the questions and not Jim Gray. Jim Gray asked tough questions, and so, <laughs> Um, I didn't see this coming. Uh, this was a surprise to me, so I'm still going to do the podcast, but uh, kind of like uh, you've heard everybody say, just, just nothing but respect for his career and all that he's accomplished. It's uh, absolutely incredible. Eli, did you get invited to be on his on his podcast? No, right? He's never invited me to anything, nothing. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like you. He likes me, Kyle, because he beat me more. He hates Eli. <laughs> He sent me one time. He got his clothing line. It was just a yeah. Black every time he like showed up to the pod, Brady on it. Yeah, it just said Brady. I'm like, did you think I was gonna wear this around town? <laughs> Brady. Uh the Mannings on was that NFL Network or was that with Kyle Brandt? I felt like it was with Kyle. But I, anyway, whatever. I I think they said Kyle in there. So yes, uh, that exchange between the Mannings about Tom Brady's retirement. Uh, we actually have a player coming up on tonight's show, a former player. Um, and, and the reason we booked Mike Pritchard on the show is because he's also a Colorado alum and won a championship at Colorado, and now Deion Sanders is changing that whole program. And Mike played against Deion, um, but the idea of him 
Mike Pritchard being able to name drop. Because, I mean, think about it. He played in the 90s with all these incredible athletes. Uh, I can't wait to get his reaction to Tom Brady's retirement, too. So that's coming up on tonight's show. Again, we booked him for a completely different reason. Uh, John Lynch played against Brady, other side of the football, uh, Hall of Fame safety. And he tries to explain what Brady meant to the game. Respect, appreciation to to one of the greatest players to ever play this game. And, you know, I'm always humbled by the fact that, uh, you know, we work for an organization that I think touts some guys who fit into that category with Ronnie and Steve, or uh, Ronnie, Steve, Joe, um, Jerry, obviously, you know, that, that are in that conversation as well. But that's, that's rarefied air. And, uh, you know, I got to compete against them as a player. I got to broadcast games as a broadcaster. And now to see that he's still going, it just blows my mind what, what he's done. Uh, it's unparalleled, and I think he's, he's one of the greats ever to do it. So respect and appreciation and admiration for, for on, an unbelievable career. And it goes on and on and on. Of course, it should. It will. Uh, I'm interested to hear how he makes that transition to the broadcast booth because he's so used to playing everything so tight and close to the vest when it comes to the football side of things. One of the hardest challenges or one of the toughest transitions for players, former players, especially the greats, into the broadcast booth, they always say is learning how to criticize and and doing it in a way that you feel as though it's not personal, right? It's it's professional. And yet the a lot of these guys, they're they're friends of yours. Now I guess in Brady's case, he's uh I mean, he's a different generation now, so not all of the young guys uh could really take offense because they don't know him personally. But yeah, that'll be interesting. He's been planning for it the last couple of years though with his podcast. Uh John Lynch, by the way, had bigger fish to fry, if you will. Uh, He and Kyle Shanahan answering questions about their quarterback situation. No, it's not going to be Tom Brady on the chessboard. Uh, So you'll hear their plan moving forward in San Francisco after using four quarterbacks this season. And speaking of that, uh, Greg Caserta is here in studio. I swear this is the absolute truth. I spent nearly two hours listening to the Jason and Travis Kelsey podcast on Wednesday. That's getting a lot I don't of know heat what, lately. I don't know what that means about me. I just, I needed to hear it. The two of them are total goofballs. It's yeah. rambling. It's stream of consciousness. It took them 30 minutes to start talking about football. It's 30 minutes. But really good stuff from Jason. So we heard from Travis earlier about the AFC, Jason about the NFC, and praising the Niners, but also them talking about Brock Purdy, which is interesting. So we'll wrap up with that, too. So. Do you have a favorite Tom Brady Super Bowl memory? Yeah, losing to or the Giants twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say favorite or least favorite. I didn't know what team you were a fan yeah, of. So you're a Giants I, fan? I am. Um, I'm obviously a, a huge fan and admirer of his. I could never hate him because the Giants beat him twice in the Super Bowl. Whereas other teams so if that you had, if your team had lost those, then you would hate him. I'd probably hate him. Yeah, but you'd be you'd be jealous. It, sports hate is more jealousy. But really. I'm happy now. It's I'm hoping that this is it for him, and it's for good <laughs> I, this time. I, you watch the video. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly it seems clear. That way. If nothing else, he believes this is permanent, right. and I didn't think that was the case last year. Right, and I, especially last year because Schefter tweeted it out before anything really jerk. came Big to life. Jerk and. Uh, and I found it interesting that he said that it was the Bucks or nothing. When well, ev- Jeff Darlingson said that, right? right. Yeah. I, but that makes sense to me because his kids are in Florida. Okay. So his ex, Giselle, is got a place. I think it's in Miami or something. 
Sounds like I'm keeping tabs. Anyway, the fact is that the kids are likely yeah. to be in Florida, and I can understand that. You don't want to take a job maybe in San Gonna Francisco. have to relocate and, again. And... Right, so that makes sense to me. And actually, T.J. Reeves, who's the Buck Island reporter, had said that. I really think the kids are going to play a major factor mm-hmm. in if he goes somewhere else or you know where if he plays again. So that makes sense to me. I'll salute Tom. <laughs> it's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Josh Johnson is the new quarterback. He gets the ball from the 20. Johnson has played for about every team in pro football and also in the UFL. And he's been called in because there's an injury to the throwing arm of quarterback Brock Purdy. This would be the fourth different San Francisco quarterback this season. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I don't have to tell you that's not good. I have no idea who said it, but if you have more than one quarterback, you have no quarterback. Isn't that the old adage? And the San Francisco 49ers, well, they experienced it firsthand yet again. Could you imagine if the team actually had a steady quarterback? What a great, if you can find that George, I almost called him Greg. If you can find that George Kittle bite from uh, yesterday, the one that we used, and by yesterday, sorry, I mean Tuesday. Uh, the one that we used in which he was going through his career with the Niners and talking about the quarterback issues? I've had a six-year career. I've had one year with one quarterback, super fun, 2019. Other than that, I've had two or more. Four out of six, I've had three or more. It's awesome. Uh, it's an experience. I just love Not a awesome. plethora of quarterbacks to choose from. Um, what's my confidence level? I mean, I don't know how you can't be uh, you know, confident in Brock Purdy, what he put together. Um, I don't really foresee us losing too many of our, like, our skill positions, you know, going into next year, obviously, like there's contracts and stuff, you know, after next season, but, you know, next year, I think we have an ability, like we have an, um, we have a possibility to go out there and compete at a really high, high level from right away, you know, not take a slow start, you know, that's my goal. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know, like Trey, hopefully he's throwing again here soon and, you know, it'll be a nice competitive battle for him. You know I mean, uh, I have no idea what the guy behind me is going to do. I had no idea what he was going to do last year or the year before that, too. And, hey, you never know what happens. So that's George Kittle giving you the synopsis. Four out of six seasons, he's had three or more quarterbacks. Now, the Niners had an incredible run with Trey Lance, which that was very short. But then Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Obviously, that ran out in the NFC Championship. And Brock got hurt. So now they've got this dilemma what do we do moving forward into 2023, the offseason, which is just as paramount because neither quarterback will have a lot of time. What well, Trey hasn't been on the field for, I mean, for months, but Brock won't have a ton of time in the offseason. It won't really be an even competition until they get to training camp, and that's if Brock is ready to go at that point. However, John Lynch says we're optimistic. John's always optimistic. I think he's continuing to. Um... You know, get get some different opinions, talk to different people, which I think is smart. In an instance like this, there's a lot of smart people out there. You want to make sure you're thorough. He's continuing to go through that process. I, I think, uh, you know, the positive bit of news is that it, it seems to be consistent that the right approach is that one um, that, you know, takes about that six-month mark. Now, everybody will also say you never know until you get in there. Every surgeon will tell you that on every surgery. You know, you always like getting in to see exactly. The MRI tells you a, a lot of the picture. So um, they're continuing to work through that process. But but we seem encouraged by the prognosis that, that that's kind of where it's at. 
Six months for the Brock Purdy UCL. Trey Lance in the next few weeks is expected to be ready to start football activities. So, Kyle Shanahan, what about adding a veteran? What about increasing the size of your quarterback room? I know we have two starters on our team right now that I believe we can win with. Um, So when you have that situation, you're not that eager to go looking around. Okay. He never does give us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. He likes to hedge. He also does not like to talk about quarterbacks to the media, and yet that's all he's had to talk about and since he took the job, for heaven's sakes. I I don't like playing this game, but everyone keeps asking me that question. (laughs) Seriously, think about his tenure in San Francisco. The entire time it's been quarterback questions, his favorites. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to ask Shanahan if he feels responsible that four quarterbacks got hurt in his offense. What? Okay, here's here's Kyle. I'm sorry Josh got a concussion when he hit the ground. So that's the fourth one you're talking about. I'm sorry our quarterback got his elbow bent backwards on a normal drop back pass. I'm sorry on a drop back pass, someone rolled up on Jimmy's ankle. Um, and then we have a dual threat quarterback who got hurt running the ball. So to throw all those four in that category, no, no quarterbacks got hurt when we had to hand it off the whole second half. So we can look into that. Sometimes the people in my profession embarrass me, or I'm embarrassed for them, I should say. Who the hell thought that was a smart question? Even going back to the Jimmy Garoppolo, it's just dumb. People call him injury prone, and I get it. He's been injured a lot. But how in the world was that his fault? How is the concussion Josh Johnson's fault or Kyle Shanahan's? It's part of playing the position. It sucks, and it's really unlikely that you would have four different QBs get hurt, but it is a game that's violent and always carries the risk of serious injury. What? I'm embarrassed. I don't know who asked the question, and I don't really want to know because I'm embarrassed for him or her. Okay, let's let's move on just a little bit here because we want to end on a, well, I want to say a happy note, but after all the work I did to listen to the Kelsey brothers on their New Heights podcast, we're going to hear more of it. <laughs> okay, so Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey were talking about the NFC Championship uh, and the fact that they really did have tough luck at the QB position. It was not the um, matchup that I think everybody knows it should have been. And um... Touche. No, I'm with you, man. Uh, once you found out like uh, the situation at quarterback, like Josh Johnson goes down, um, and they put Purdy back in, they really couldn't throw the ball at all. I know on the sideline, it was just like, man, I, this. I think at one point I was like, am I supposed to feel sorry for these guys? And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I legitimately yeah. was like, man, this sucks for uh, for that team. I would hate to be going through it. Um, I mean, kind of went through it when we lost Wentz in 2019. Uh. But yeah. uh, we had McCown, who had won a lot of games, so he was able to kind of keep us in some type of rhythm. But uh, never a good feeling when you lose a, a quarterback going into a playoff game. So Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, it's called the New Heights Podcast. If you missed it earlier, we were doing the the AFC reflections from these two jabronis. I'm just telling you, that's Travis's favorite word. And uh, – It's hysterical the way that Jason is poking the bear. He's so angry. Uh, Travis is so angry because Jason insists on calling it Burrowhead, and Travis gets so mad about it. (laughs) Mayor Jabroni. (laughs) Mayor Jabroni. Anyway, if you missed that, we used a bunch of that earlier on the show. Was it last hour? 
I think it was last hour. Yeah, so part of the podcast on the Odyssey app, or you can find it by going to our CBS Sports Radio website, uh, our page, AfterHoursAmyLawrence.com, or just use Twitter and Facebook. And a lot of you are weighing in with your favorite or least favorite Tom Brady memories uh, from the playoffs and Super Bowl. One guy writes in, I'm a Falcons fan, so yeah. Dot, dot, dot. I certainly get that. Uh, Here's one from James, a lifelong Patriots fan. My favorite Tom Brady moment, hard to choose. However, the best one might be watching him take the Pats down the field against the Rams for that first Super Bowl win. No one gave that team a chance. No one believed other than the guys in the locker room. I can't even say the fans believed it until it was done. Watching them win it the first time was incredible. Well, I'm glad he brought that one up because that's actually one of mine. In addition to being there in person for their comeback against the Falcons, which an historic Super Bowl. I was in Oklahoma. I was working there at the time. It was early in my sports radio career. I just hanging out, watching the Super Bowl. I wanted New England to succeed because that's where I was from, but I felt so removed from it. And he's right. James is right. Even the broadcast, as I remember, expected that the Patriots would play for overtime against the Rams, the greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner, this was St. Louis. And yet Brady took that football and drove the team down for the Adam Vinatieri field goal. And it was like, whoa. At the time, we didn't even realize that greatness was born, but that was just the beginning. We'll talk to you tonight. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Boom!